You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7 Habits. That's the number 7 Habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Gino Barbero, and he's a best-selling author and founder of Jake and Gino's, an education platform helping others achieve financial freedom through multifamily real estate investing. Jake and Gino, his partner, have owned and operated over 1,500 multifamily units, have over 100, 000, or 100 million in assets, big difference there, under management, and hosts the number one multifamily real estate podcast on iTunes called Wheelbarrow Profits. Welcome to the show, Gino. Dennis, thanks for having me on. How you doing? I'm doing well. So you have a partner, Jake, and I think you guys have this partnership and we were debating on whether we were going to have both of you on. And I said, you know what, let's just do one. I like having a one-to-one conversation. So thank you for joining me. I'm excited. Give everybody a, a quick intro. Tell everybody kind of your path because we, before we hit record, you know, you've had some you've had some prior businesses, some success, some haven't been so successful, and now you're in real estate. Give us a, give us a quick glimpse of that. Well, you're lucky you didn't have Jake on because the podcast will be about two hours long because once we get going, it, it's a lot of fun. We love talking about real estate, right? The, the important thing that we're trying to teach our community, everyone listening, people with financial intelligence can change the world for the better. That's the bottom line. I want everyone to take that snippet from this podcast because it's really important. Once we become financially intelligent, we can make decisions. We actually can empower our lives. So that, that's the most important thing that I'm focused on right now. That's what I'm passionate about. I am a son of an immigrant. I was born in New York, raised in New York like Dennis. I felt the pain. I lived there for 47 years of my life. I left. I fled back in 2017. I wish I could say I was smart and I saw it coming, but I was just fed up with the cold winters, fed up with the taxes. People aren't as nice as they used to be. I come down to Florida, come to St. Augustine, Florida. I love it down here. And you know, it was another difficult decision. I've got six kids. We homeschool our kids. Um, I love having a big family. And and coming down here, it completely changed my life. And multifamily real estate gave me that opportunity to do that. I was a restaurant owner for over 20 years with my dad. We had one restaurant, only one location. And I had a lot of limiting beliefs. Ended up partnering with Jake back in 2013. We bought our first property, a 25-unit property. And since then, we've been able to scale up to over 1,500 units. Now, the first 1,000 units that Jake and I bought, we bought them by ourselves. We bought them with me, Jake, and another partner, Mike. We're able to refi and roll. We like to call it over $9 million from that portfolio and buy the next deal. Really, it's all about discipline. It's about the long game. It's about being like a farmer, planting that seed and thinking about the long game. Because I learned in our process, transactions are great. They pay the bills, but equity is what makes you rich. And building a business and building a scalable business, which is multifamily, it's fantastic. You can do that with multifamily. You have the economies of scale. You have that scalability. And I was hooked on early on with Jake. I love him as a partner. He's an amazing accountability partner, hard worker, and he's always there for me and I'm always there for him. So we continue to buy and buy and buy. And fortunately, we said, hey, listen, let's share our knowledge. Let's write a book and let's start a podcast. Just like you, Dennis, we didn't know what podcasting was five years ago. We started our podcast five years ago and here we are today. 
Love it. That's awesome. So today, just to give everybody a little bit of a teaser here, we're going to talk about, you know, Gino's going to go over the seven levels of building a successful business. Now, he and Jake are heavy into real estate, but as a part of this process, you know, as a part of his evolution, you know, what and our conversation before we hit record, you know, this seven levels of building a successful business applies not only to real estate, but it'll apply to almost any business. If you're a SaaS mm-hmm. business or you're a service business or you're a coach or you're a consultant or you're a product-driven business. So we're going to share with you a seven-part framework. Now you can imagine that's a lot of information to unpack in a short period of time. So we're going to dive in. And then at the end of this, just so you know, um, Gino is actually publishing an article. Before this goes live, that article will be published, which is going to summarize the whole thing. So the good news is you're not going to have to scribble a ton of notes. Uh, you won't have to hit rewind a million times. You will be able to refer to that article. We'll, get, we'll put that in the show notes at some point. But why don't we do this? Before we dive in, tell us a little bit about your business. You said that you're, it's multifamily real estate. Explain mm-hmm. that as if I were a sixth grader. Wow. That's a tough, that's a tough task. Well, what we call ourselves, we're vertically integrated. Basically, we control all of the processes of investing in multifamily real estate. Multifamily real estate is buying apartment buildings, whether they're six units or 200 units. We have the process of buying the apartment complexes, managing the apartment complexes, disposing them. If we want to sell them, we finance the apartment complexes. And the great thing about it is it's a basic human need right now. Why we like multifamily real estate. I want everyone to write this down. There's four reasons why. The number first one is cash flow. The next one is appreciation. The third reason is tax benefits. And number four is cycle resiliency. Now, what does that mean? Right now, people need a place to live. This in the part of the cycle, multifamily is still what we call hot. Office buildings, retail, not so much. We like the multifamily aspect of it. And for us, we've been able to scale up. We see it's a basic human need. And I, you know, I would challenge everybody out there. There's a book that I love. It's on demographics. It's written by Chris Porter. We did a podcast with him. It's called Big Shifts Ahead. Read what the demographic wave is coming right now because we have a lot of millennials and baby boomers who are actually selling. You know, The baby boomers are selling their houses, going down and buying apartments or renting apartments. Millennials, they're not having kids yet. They're not getting married. They have a ton of student debt. What are they doing? They're renting apartments. So that's then is basically why we love the multifamily space, why we love rent, uh, owning apartments. Yeah, for me, it's just, you know, I've never been involved in it, but if I were ever going to get involved in real estate, it would be multifamily, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason for me would be this. It's really simple. I'm not a super smart guy, right? But I can do a little bit of math and that is this. The population continues to grow every single day yep. and there's only so many places that you can put houses, right? Yes. And I mean, so they, so over time, they're going to become even more and more valuable. Mm-hmm. Now, there's obviously a lot of math and a lot of details in between that. And we're not here today to really talk specifically to, about real estate, but we're talking about business. And the fact is, is that, you know, Gino and Jake have a very successful business in the real estate industry. So, as well, many, many other people do as well. So, sometimes it's a, a part-time wealth building strategy. Sometimes it's a full-time gig like mm-hmm. Jake and Gino and other people that I'm sure he works with. So, why don't we do this? We got a lot to unpack and I'm excited to go through these seven, this seven-part framework. So, why don't you take it away? We'll, t- we'll pull each one apart a little bit and then uh, we'll go from there. Sure. The first one, and I got this basically from working with students. I had a meeting with a student last week, Friday night, 6 p.m., we're at a coffee shop. She's driving through. So she's like, can I stop by and talk to you? I said, sure. Two hours later, I had an amazing conversation and she was starting a new business, home healthcare business. And for her, it was the epiphany, that aha moment. And then I documented my journey from the very beginning. Why did I want to get into real estate? Why did I want to start that business? It was the aha moment. 
my dad back in 2007, he passes away. I've been going to work with him since 1978 in the kitchen. I grew up in the business, in the restaurant business. I loved it. I loved working with him, even though I was a grumpy old Italian guy. I still loved it. It was, it was amazing for me. We opened the restaurant in 1994. I worked with him for over 15 years in that business, almost 20. When he passes away, I have the epiphany moment and I'm saying to myself, was I building his dream or was I building my dream? And I didn't know it. That really challenged me. And I, I challenge everybody out there, are you building your dream? Are you building somebody else's dream? Just challenge yourself. I had that epiphany aha moment. And I was like, wow, I want to start doing something for myself. I want to start building a business. I want to start helping others. And the restaurant, I don't see how I can do that, right? I don't see how I can scale this business. And that was my epiphany, my aha moment. That's when I started diving deep in. We'll get into the second level, but I really want people to challenge people out there, the clarity aspect of it. Start going, getting a life coach. Start thinking about what you want to do with your future. Start seeing yourself three years from today. What do you need to do three years from today to be successful professionally? personally and reverse engineer that and start thinking about that. And for me, ultimately was like, you know what? The Great Recession back in 08 opened up a lot of, a lot of my mindset and a lot of my eyes and saying, dude, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to be doing something else. And right now, ironically enough, we're back at 2008. If you ask me what's going on, it's so eerily similar right now. Everyone listening to this, make a decision. Are you doing what you want to be doing or do you want to have that epiphany moment like I did and, and take really stock of what your life has been and where you want to go? Does that make sense, Dennis? Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you trace back the success of any entrepreneur who's, who's had long-term sustainable success, mm-hmm. he'll tell you multiple times, and there might be multiple epiphany moments, but he can definitely remember the first one. So I definitely get that. So that's number one is the aha moment or the epiphany. What's number mm-hmm. two? Number two is all of a sudden you realize that you don't know where to go. You can do, take massive action like I did, Ultimately, I failed. What I did is I ended up going into the mobile home park space. I started, bought a little strip mall, big, huge mistakes. I actually pulled the e-brake. I said, hold on a second. I need to take massive education. The second level is all about educating yourself massively and going out there and finding a mentor. Because you know what? Two ways to do it, Dennis. Pay to play or seek to serve. One of those two ways. And you're either paying for a mentor, and I don't even call on a paying because you're actually investing in your education. This is when I went out. I did my coaching programs. I went through life coaching. I spent tons of money. I read, I must have read over 300 books in this last 10 years on just learning the space. And you have to put in your lumps. You really have to get educated. And I'm not just talking about going watch a few YouTube videos. You really have to have skin in the game because you know when you get something for free, you don't value it. But when you spend money and you start listening to people and finding people who are successful, success leaves clues. Find the people you want to follow and start following them. And for me, I found a couple of mentors in the real estate space and it was, it was a huge help for me. It was massive, massive education for me. I love this. And here's why, because I've already admitted to my audience many times, I'm probably not the smartest guy and I I rarely want to be the smartest guy in the room, but here's Mm -hmm. what I'm really good at. Here's one thing I'm passionate about learning. Mm -hmm. I love to learn. And so, so what happens is when I get interested in something, whether it's a business idea or it's a hobby or whatever it is, I literally throw myself headfirst into it and I just immerse myself. Mm -hmm. I read every book. I had talked to every person who's an expert. I hire people if that's the direction we're going to, to fold time and accelerate the learning curve. And so I totally agree. And when I get questioned, a lot of people will say, Dennis, you know, hey, you've done over $200 million as an entrepreneur. You've had all these successful businesses. You've had multiple exits. They'll say, what's the secret to your success? The secret, if there is a secret, there is no secret, but if there was one, it's being a lifelong student and investing in learning. Mm-hmm. Personally, I've invested well over $100,000 in personal development 
for mm-hmm. myself over a 25-year career. Not to say that everybody has to do that, but for me, I did it, you know, and look at the results. I mean, the results mm-hmm. have been huge return on investment and it sounds to me like you have a similar mindset. Yeah, and I'd like to add to that. Done is better than perfect. Just done is better than perfect. This is the point where you just got to get in you got to get you got to get your hands dirty and look at everyone who's successful out there whether it's Tiger Woods whether it's Tony Robbins they all have coaches they all have mentors cuz Tony Robbins doesn't know anything about building a business he was all about personal development how do you think he scaled the business he learned from someone else so if he can hire coaches and learn you think Dennis and Gino can do that i think so yeah for sure 100% all right so number 2 was massive education number 3 mm-hmm. number 3 is all about taking action education times action equals results in any space. We truly believe that. So I'll give you a couple action steps that we do in, in, in real estate, and then I can transition it into action steps that I did with my other businesses. The first one with real estate, networking. You got to go to events. You got to start partnering with people, whether it's a meetup, whether you're talking on podcasts, you just have to go out there and start meeting people. Second thing, we have to figure out a market selection. Where are you investing your money? Select a market, right? The next one is underwriting deals. Learn how to analyze these deals. Go to classes and learn how to do that. The next one, property tours. You need to go look at properties. You need to go out there. In this space right now, when you're doing action, you need to start identifying with the person you want to become. If you want to become a computer guy, you better start identifying as a computer person. If you want to start becoming a multifamily, you need to start identifying as a multifamily investor. And this for me was difficult because I was still stuck in the W2 slash small business of being a restaurant owner. I had a pizza guy, I had like sauce stains, and I'm thinking, I don't really feel like a multifamily investor. But once I started identifying, and how did I do that? We actually started a podcast. We wrote a book. We started buying deals. That's how I started identifying, by taking those actions that a typical multifamily real estate investor does. So look at the niche that you're in. Look at the business that you're in. You need to start identifying as the person in that business. Start putting in offers. And this is where you're going to get rejections. And it's okay with rejections because like I said, done is better than perfect and also commit and then figure it out. That's another quality of an, you know, an entrepreneur of a multifamily investor. You just need to commit to it and then you will figure it out with that tenacity, with that hard work and with the clarity of knowing why you're doing something, those actions will become easier and easier. Yeah. There's an old saying, if you wait for all the lights to turn green before you head to work in the morning, you're always going to be late, right? (laughs) And so education is important, but there'll come a point where you have you're spending too much time in that. So educate yourself mm-hmm. and then put yourself, put a deadline there, keep yourself accountable to actually start taking action. I think that's a mm-hmm. great, great advice. So number three was take action. Number four. Well, for the real estate space, number four is buy your first deal. For me, number four, when I started Gino's family, it was a nice little education company. That first one is maybe sell your first copy of your book or sell your first micro course, whatever it is. That first, that first thought where you're like, wow, this can be a real business. I'm starting to monetize. And for us, that first deal we bought took us 18 months. So in multifamily real estate, the runway is a lot longer. For anyone out there who's selling education in other spaces, it can be a lot quicker. But for me and Jake, buying that first deal, 18 months was tough. But we bought that first deal. And we looked at our space as landlording, right? And I think that's what a lot of small business owners do. They don't look at it as a business. They look at it as more of a job. Like when I was at the restaurant, I didn't look at it as the e-myth, as trying to build a business. I'm like, wow, I bought my first deal. I'm in. Let me start getting cash flow. I don't care about any of the benefits because I don't know what any of the benefits are. I'm just making a little bit of money here. You're not thinking outside the box. You're just thinking small right now. But you need to, you need to step right now because there's a saying in real estate, 
You either buy zero deals or you buy multiple deals. You don't just buy one deal. And once you buy that first deal, you become a deal junkie. You're like, I can do this. So buying that first deal is crucial. There's a lot of people who stop before that first deal. So getting that first deal is crucial. And in this step right here, Dennis, number four, it's what we call the I'm a mentality. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And there's nothing wrong in the beginning. Can't tell you're Italian. (laughs) I try to hide it, but it's something for me like Gino, I'm pretty screwed, right? So I can't hide it anyway. But this is the mentality. You need to do this in the beginning because we didn't know how to property manage. We didn't know how to speak to tenants. We didn't know how to underwrite deals. We didn't know how to take care of our properties. You need to learn how to do this. So at, you know, this inflection point, when you get to the next inflection point, you can start thinking about hiring out to do this. It's called the bootstrap phase. We love the bootstrap of this phase. And this is where you start. And everyone out there starting a business, you know what it is. You're doing your own meetings. You're, you're editing your own podcast, right? You've got the lighting on. You're, you're doing your own videos. This is the, the, the phase right now where you're into it. You're enjoying it. You're learning it. But you know what? It can be grueling at times because it's 24-7 right now. And you're learning stuff and it can be uncomfortable. Getting out of your comfort zone is all about that in this phase. Yeah, and if you're not in real estate, would a good parallel be maybe this is where you start getting your first few customers and you really start to learn how to deliver and you get a much better product market fit. I love that. Yeah. You start having, you know, you start understanding the value. Maybe you're understanding whether you're underpriced or overpriced. Mm -hmm. You're really starting to understand those those customers because you're having real life conversations with not just prospects or a network, but actual people that are paying you and expecting you to deliver. So those first few customers in any business are always super exciting. And those are the customers that if you listen and you pay attention, you can learn the most from to parlay one customer into five customers into 50 customers, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's a really important stage. So awesome. That's number four. What's number five? Number five is is in the real estate space, buying your next few deals. And like you said, Dennis, maybe when when you're out there in another business, acquiring more customers. It's all about the fulfillment. Now it's time to fulfill on your product, right? You're going through your customer journey and you're getting more, you're signing more people up and you're buying more deals. All of a sudden for us, we hired out resident managers. We didn't have enough of a portfolio to say, okay, we're going to hire full time. It's like in the between phase. You're not big enough to start scaling up, but you're working out of your W2 job. And it's like, okay, I need a little bit more money to quit. I'm not there yet. It's uncomfortable because you see the light at the end of the tunnel. The light is there, but you're like, I have a long way to go. I mean, I only got a couple of deals here. So for us, all of a sudden, we started dedicating more time to real estate and we started hating our jobs even more because it's like that, man, I can, I can taste it. I can see it, but it's okay because this is a fun phase because like everything is new to you still and you don't, you don't have those limiting beliefs as much as you do when you start getting into a job. And for me, it's, all, it's really positive. I really enjoyed this phase. What I ended up doing at the restaurant, I said to myself, and this is where all entrepreneurs, I think a lot of them get it wrong. They, they listen to the Instagram era and they say, you've got to quit your job. You've got to burn the ships. You've got to go full time. I didn't do that. I had six kids. I couldn't just leave the restaurant and leave my brother hanging in the wind. I had 60 units. I said to myself, October of 2015, I'm going to leave real restaurant during the week. I'm working in real estate Monday through Friday. I'm working the restaurant Saturday and Sunday. The wife wasn't thrilled, but she understood that that's what it took for me to do that. And then after six months of doing that, I felt comfortable to leave the restaurant full-time and go into real estate full-time. So for anybody out there in this phase, this is really the proof of concept phase. Like this is starting to work and it makes total sense to you. Yeah, so it's Mm pre-scale, but like you you said, it's in between. And I love the way you took that phased approach of migrating 
away from the restaurant. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, the reality is we've, you know, most people have a mortgage. They got car payments, right. they got electric bills, they've got college tuitions, they've got every incidental that comes up, you know, along the way. And so, no, I, I really like that approach. And I think that approach really works in real estate. And I think it can really work even in a coaching, consulting, even in a, in a tech business, like mm-hmm. a SaaS business. Again, you know, you can, you don't necessarily have to leave your, your nine to five or your full-time job until you start seeing some, you know, some results, some, some results. Right. right. I mean, so, I mean, there's different schools of thought, like you said, there's the burn the boats, you know, there's no plan B. But the reality is, is a lot of people that don't have that. It that depends luxury. on your age too, Dennis. Yeah, if, for if, sure. you're, if you're in your 20s and you have that very little responsibilities, I'm not making an excuse for anyone who's older saying- I was I the say, 20 year old burn your boat, right? Yeah, I burned my boats. Yes. I would, now I, I couldn't. Would, yeah, I would have done that. And I just think, take a measured approach. Don't go out there and look at what anyone's doing on Instagram or just follow your path. Follow what makes you feel more comfortable. Follow what leads is going to lead to your success. For me, if I had done that, I would have left my brother in the wind. And also it was, didn't- Aligned with my values. My values were like, I am an honest person. I am not going to abandon my my brother. And if I had done that, it would have been awful. I would regret it for the rest of my life. So another six months of pain, and I held on, and it worked Love out. It. Worked out for the best. So that was number five. Number six. Number six for us. All of a sudden, we've got our third deal within a year of buying our first deal, February of two thousand fourteen. We've got almost two hundred units on the management. At around hundred units in multifamily, you can hire. You're making your first hire here. All of a sudden, you have a full-time property manager, you have a full-time maintenance staff, and you don't have to run around collecting rents. It's all of a sudden, wow, this is a business. I've got to start building systems. And everyone gets scared about systems. Ooh, what are systems are just basically documenting your day. What are you doing throughout the day that you can teach people, whether it's a Loom video, whether you're putting stuff on Google Docs or Google Sheets and, and taking those mundane tasks that you can have other people working on. I love this phase because now you're really start, seriously starting to think about leaving your W-2 or scaling the business and saying, this, I can really make money with this business. And for Jake, it was around six months after we bought our third deal that he said, you know what? I'm going to leave my pharmaceutical job. And for me, it took me another year and a half to two years to leave. But I was excited because I actually could see a business and I had never scaled a business. I only had that one restaurant. But having this, it was exciting. All of a sudden, we can farm out the bookkeeping. We can hire the property manager. Jake does not have to go out and turn a unit. He can actually get maintenance guys to do that. So he's not cutting the grass at this point. A lot of business building is going on right now. And all of a sudden, the three things we talk about, the people, the systems, and the culture become apparent. You need to have great people. Any company that has great people is going to, are going to really thrive. If you have systems, systems are really important to actually start hiring people. And culture, culture of your, your, your business, when you're talking about core values, they start becoming apparent in this space. Even if you've never owned the business before, you're hearing other people talk about it. You're starting to podcast other successful entrepreneurs and they keep hammering culture and core values. I'm like, I've never heard of this before. And that's why I failed at the restaurant. Because looking back 15 years before, I was blaming my employees. Well, I sucked as an employer, maybe. Maybe it was just me. I was attracting the wrong type of people because I didn't have core values. I didn't have a mission statement. And I was just like, you know what? You're hired. This is your job. I had no systems in place. So I'm expecting these people to do that. And that's how I failed at that previous endeavor of trying to scale a business. So for me, this was a really eye-opening place. And this is where we needed to actually start spending money on scaling up coaches, on scaling a business. So this is a very, very tricky spot because this is the other inflection point. This is not the IMA anymore. This is all of a sudden the WIA. We should be out there looking for help in our business. Yeah. And if you don't take those, these steps at this stage and stage six, right? 
this is where a lot, this is where a lot of entrepreneurs struggle yep. is migrating from the I'm a phase to the we a phase, right? And, <laughs> yep. you know, maybe they hire a few people, but because they don't have the systems, because they don't have the culture, because they don't have the mindset, right? Then all of a sudden everything stalls, right? Or the yep. that, that that first hire will quit or turn over. And then all of a sudden the owners get very frustrated and they're like, well, I'm just going to go back to the I'm a stage because mm-hmm. yes. I, I know I can do it. And nobody else can do it because they all suck. And right? Dennis, you would agree with me on this. It's about letting go of your ego because you said a couple of times you're not the smartest person in the room. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room and you don't always have to be right. You just have to hire the smartest people and you have to let go and, and give them reins. I mean, I was sending out emails. I was scheduling my podcast. I was editing my podcast. Why am I doing that? I can let somebody else do that for me. And I was doing that. At the, I was washing dishes at the restaurant for Christ's sake. I mean, what am I doing $10 an hour work when I can have somebody else do it. Maybe it's because I thought I did it better than everyone else and I had that ego. Once you can shed your ego and say, it's not about that. It's really about getting the right person in the right seat to help me do this so I can continue to scale. And it's really, that is the hardest part. That was the hardest part for me, letting go. So I yep, agree with For you. sure. What's number seven? Number seven is all of a sudden you leave your job if you're in that situation like Jake and myself and you start to scale the business. After 200 units, it gets to be exciting. Now you start thinking about your mission statement. You know, creating for us, our mission statement is really creating communities that allow people to become the best version of themselves. And what does that mean? You start thinking about your entity and this is, this, this is the area where we start talking about multifaceted opportunities. In the real estate space, all of a sudden, it's not just the investment. We create another stream of revenue. We have the property management company. And then we have the education arm, Jake and Gino. And now we've created a syndication business where we have investors. And now we're doing mortgages for our students and for other people out there who are looking for financing opportunities in the multifamily space. Things start to get really fun in this space because all of a sudden you start working from an abundance mindset. It's not scarcity anymore. I think this is also the the area where you're starting to get financial freedom, where you're not working just for money. And that's what ended up happening to me. You know, when I was working at the restaurant, I'd get up every week. I'd say, how much do we make at the end of the week? I don't do that anymore in this phase because I know the more value that I can give the more people that I can serve, the bigger that I can scale my business. You know, we're affecting over 1,500 residents' lives right now. Do you think we're making more money than if we were just affecting 100? You really do. And in this level, I think it really clicks. It didn't click to me, but when we hit this level and we started getting the Jake and Gino community, I mean, over 30 of our students have quit their jobs and gone into real estate full-time. Over 7,000 units that our students have closed. Those are amazing things. I would not have been able to do that if we hadn't started scaling up the business and hiring. And for us right now, is when your systems are really starting to explode and your core values. This is where you have to figure out, I'd like to see everyone do their core values at number three or the fourth stage, but right now your core values, ours are people first, make it happen. Unwavering ethics, growth mindset, and extreme ownership. Those are our five core values and we live by those core values, we hire by those core values, and we fire by those core values. And right now, if you don't have that clarity in this seventh phase, it's gonna be very difficult to scale the business. Love it. Listen, is there anything else? I know we're a little bit short on time. Is there anything else you want to add about these seven levels of building a successful business? I have a couple more questions I want to ask and then we're going to wrap it up. Sure. I mean, for me, it was just an epiphany going through these seven levels because I think you can go through it in any business or any atmosphere you are, but I've seen a lot of different people in our academy going through it, whether it's in the real estate space, whether it's in the restaurant space, whether it's in the tech space, you go through these inflection points. And as you're growing, what you knew six months ago or a year ago, it's already outdated. You just need to continue to grow, continue to surround yourself with like-minded people and continue to push yourself outside your comfort zone and trust 
in the ability that you can grow your business. Love it. In one minute or less, what's your favorite growth tool, software, SaaS product, app, something you use as a technology tool that helps you grow your business? So for us, we use Kajabi. It's an online platform, LMS. I have all of my stuff on there. We were actually one of the founding members. We were one of the first people that launched back in 2010. I actually had the distinct honor and pleasure of, of interviewing Kenny Kajabi and Jay Cron over there. They're two awesome guys. Their company is all about make it happen and all about evolving. They sign up a couple thousand people and now they're hiring 50. They've hired 50 people over the last three months. They're continuing to scale, grow, optimizing, always adding on value and always learning. I love that platform. I love that company. Love it. Perfect. And what would be one book besides yours that you would recommend to the audience? Maybe something that helped you on your journey or you think might help them on theirs? I've read so many amazing books. I think one that stands out, if you're going to start setting goals and start growing, just read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. That really lays out goal setting. It's not just about goal setting. It's about becoming the person you need to hit it, to be able to hit a goal. It talks about habits. It talks about systems and processes. Really important for you to actually start adopting these seven levels really figure out why you're adopting them and how to adopt them optimally. Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, my friend, I appreciate it. Wish we had more time, but let everybody know, Gino, how they can connect with you, learn more about Jake and Gino, learn more about, you know, this article for the, you know, that covers these seven levels of building a successful business. And we'll wrap it up for today. Just go to jakeandgino.com. You'll go on there. You'll see our four podcasts on there. We have four weekly shows. We have one that our students are closing deals, movers and shakers. We have the multifamily zone podcast that I do with my wife. I love that show because I get to make fun of my wife on the show. So it's great. I mean, that's worth its weight in gold right there. We have our profit show and we have a RAND CRE show. So just go on jakeandgino.com. There's a lot of free resources. Start putting your foot in, you know, in that pond, as we say, multifamily, because you don't have to invest actively. You can be a passive investor. Don't limit yourself to what you think you know, because it's amazing. It's not, what does Mark Twain say? Mark Twain says, it ain't what you know that's going to get you in trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. So go out there and just start crushing those limiting beliefs. Love it. Listen, really appreciate you being here. Congrats on all your success. Tell Jake I said hello and thank you for, you know, partnering with you and building such a great business. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Dennis. Take care, everyone. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.